Hi, my name is Christina Gordon of 601A and I will be presenting on the Taming of the Shoe and its famous induction. But first off, what is an induction? An induction in a play is an explanatory scene, summary, or other text that stands outside or apart from the main play with the intent to comment on it, moralize it, or to summarize a plot that is afoot. I'll be starting off by reading the induction of the Taming of the Shrew, written by William Shakespeare. Enter Sly and Hostess. I'll feast you in faith. A pair of stocks, you rogue. You're a baggage. The slides are no rogues. Look in the chronicles. We came in with Richard Conqueror. Therefore, therefore, Parcus Polybris let the world slide. Cessa. You will not pay for the glasses you have burst? No, not a denier. Go by, Saint Jeronomy. Go to thy cold bed and warm thee. I know my remedy. I must go fetch the third borough. Exits hostess. Third or fourth or fifth borough, I'll answer him by law. I'll not budge an inch, but let him come and kindly. Sly falls asleep. Wind horns. Enter a lord from hunting with his train. Huntsman, I charge thee, tender well my hounds. Breathe, merryman, the poor cur is embossed, and couple clouder with the deep mouth brooch. Sauce thou not, boy, how silver made it good. At the edge corner in the coldest falls, I would not lose the dog for twenty pound. Why, bellman is as good as he, my lord. He cried upon it at the merriest loss. And twice today picked out the dullest scent. Trust me, I take him for the better dog. Thou art a fool. If Echo were as fleet, I would esteem him worth a dozen such. But sup them well and look unto them all. Tomorrow I intended, I intend to hunt again. I will, my lord. What's here? One dead or junk? See. Doth he breathe? He breathes, my lord. Were he, were he not warmed with oil? This were a bed, but cold to sleep so soundly. Oh, monstrous beast! How like a swine he lies! Grim death! How foul and loathsome is thine image! Sirs, I will practice on this drunken man. What think you? If he were conveyed to bed, wrapped in sweet clothes, rings put upon his fingers, a most delicious banquet by his bed, and brave attendants near him when he wakes, would not the beggar then forget himself? Believe me, Lord, I think he cannot choose. It would seem strange unto him when he wakes. Even as a flattering dream or worthless fancy, then take him up and manage well the jest. Carry him gently to my fairest chamber and hang it round with all my wanton pictures, 
balm his foul head in warm distilled waters and burn sweet wood to make the lodging sweet. Procure me music ready when he wakes to make a dulcet and a heavenly sound. And if he chance to speak, be ready straight and with a low submissive reverence say, What is it your honour will command? Let one attend him with a silver basin full of rose water and be strewed with flowers. Another bear, bear the ewer, the third a diaper, and say, Will it please you, Lordship, cool your hands? Someone be ready with a costly suit and ask him what apparel he will wear. Another tell him of his hounds and horses and that his lady mourns at his decease. Persuade him that he hath been lunatic and when he says he is, say that he dreams, for he is nothing but a mighty lord. This do, and do it kindly, gently sirs. It will be past time, passing excellence, if it be husbanded with modesty. My lord, I warrant you, we will play our part, as he shall think by our true diligence he is no less than what we say he is. Take him gently, and to bed with him, and each one to his office when he wakes. Some servants carry out sly, sound trumpets. Sarah, go see what trumpets this that sound. Exit serving man. Be like some noble gentleman that means, traveling some journey to repose him here. Enter servants. How now? Who is it? And please, your honor, pray layers, that offer service to your lordship. Bid them come near. Enter players. Now, fellows, you are welcome. We thank you. We thank your honor. Do you intend to stay with me tonight? So please, your lordship, to accept our duty with all my heart. This fellow, I remember, since once he played a farmer's eldest son, Twas, where you wooed the gentleman so well. I forgot your name, but sure that part was absolutely fitted and naturally performed. I think Thor's Soto that your honor means. Tis very true. Thou did it, it's excellent. Well, you are come to me in happy time. The rather for I have some sport in hand, when your coming can assist me much. There is the Lord will hear you play tonight, but I am doubtful of your modesties, lest over eyeing of his odd behavior, for yet his honor never heard a play. You break into something you break into some merry passion and so offend him. For I tell you, sirs, if you should smile, he grows impatient. Fear not, my lord, we can contain ourselves, were he the verst antic in the world. Go, Sirrah, take them to the buttery, and give them friendly welcome, everyone. Let them want nothing that my house affords. Exit one with the players. Sarah, go you to Barthome, my page, and see him dressed in all suits like a lady. That done. Conduct him to the drunkard's chamber and call him madam. Do him obeisance. Tell him from me as he will win my love. He bear himself with honorable action. 
such as he hath observed in noble ladies, unto their lords by them accomplished. Such duty to the drunkard, let him do with soft low tongue and lowly courtesy, and say, What is it your honor will command? When your lady and your humble wife may show her duty and make known her love, and then with kind embracements, tempting kisses, and with declining head into his bosom, bid him shed tears as being overjoyed to see her noble lord restored to health, who for his seven years hath esteemed him no better than a poor and loathsome beggar. And if the boy have not a woman's gift to rain a shower of commanded tears, an onion will do well for such a shift, which in a napkin being close conveyed, shall in despite enforce a watery eye. See this dispatch with all the haste thou canst. Anon, I'll give thee more instructions. Exist a serving man. I know the boy will well usurp the grace. Voice, gait, and action of a gentleman. I long to hear him call the drunkard, husband. And now my men will stay themselves from laughter when they do homage to this simple peasant. I'll in to counsel them happily my presence may well abate the over the over merry spleen which otherwise would grow into extremes they all exit enter a lovely sly the drunkard with attendants some with apparel others with basin and ewer and other appurtenances and lord dressed as an attendant for God's sake, a pot of small ale? Will it please your lordship drink a cup of sack? Will it please your honour taste of these conserves? What remnants will your honour wear today? I am Christopher Sly. Call not me honour nor lordship. I ne'er drank sack in my life, and if you give me any conserves, give me conserves of beef. Near ask me what remnants I'll wear, for I have no doublets and then backs, no more stockings than legs, nor no more shoes than feet, nay sometime more feet than shoes, or such shoes at my toes look through the overleather. Heaven sees this idle humor in your honor. Oh, that a mighty man of such descent! Of such possessions and so high esteem should be infused with so foul a spirit. What would you make me mad? I'm not a Christopher Sly, old Sly son of Burton Heath, by birth a peddler, by education a card maker. By transmutation, a bearhead, and now by present profession, a tinker. Ask Marion Hatchet, the fat owl wife of Wincott, if she know me not. If she say I'm not 14 pence on the score for a sheer ale, score me up for the lion's knave in Christendom. What? I am not bestraught. Here's. Oh, this is that makes your lady mourn. Oh, this is that makes your servants droop. 
Hence comes it that your kindred shuns your house, as beaten hence by your strange lunacy. O noble Lord, bethink thee of thy birth. Call home thy ancient thoughts from banishment, and banish hence these abject lowly dreams. Look how thy servants do attend on thee, each in his office ready at the beck. Will thou have music? Hark! Apollo plays. Music. And twenty caged nightingales do sing. Are with thou sleep? Will have thee to a couch? Softer and sweeter than the lustful bed, on purpose trimmed up for semiramis. Say thou wilt walk, we will bestrew the ground. Or wilt thou ride? Thy horses shall be trapped. Their harness studded all with gold and pearl. Dost thou love hawking? Thou hast hawks will soar above the morning lark. Are with thou hunt? Thy hounds shall make the welkin answer them, and fetch shrill echoes from the hollow earth. Say thou with course, thy greyhounds are as swift as breath stalks, a fleeter than the roe. Those thou love pictures, we will fetch thee straight, Adonis painted by a running brook, and Cytheria all in sedges hid, which seemed to move and wanton with her breath, even as the wave in sedges play with the wind. We'll show thee, lo, as she was a maid, and how she was beguiled and surprised, as lively painted as the dead was done, or Daphne, roaming through a thorny wood, scratching her legs that one shall swear she bleeds, and at that sight shall sad Apollo weep, so workmanly the blood and tears are drawn. Thou art a lord, and nothing but a lord. Thou hast a lady far more beautiful than any woman in this one in age. Until the tears that she had shed for thee, like envious floods overrun her lovely face, she was the fairest creature in the world, and yet she is inferior to none. Am I a lord? And have I such a lady? Or do I dream? Or have I dreamed till now? I do not sleep. I see, I hear, I speak. I smell sweet savours and I feel soft things. Upon my life, I am a lord indeed, and not a tinker, nor Christopher Sly. Well, bring our lady hither to our sight, and once again, a pot of the smallest ale. Will it please your mightiness to wash your hands? Oh, how we joy to see your wit restored. Oh, that once more you knew but what you are. These 15 years you have been in a dream. Or when you waked, so waked as if you slept. These 15 years? By my fay, a goodly nap. But did I never speak of all that time? Oh, yes, my lord. But very idle words. For though you lay here in this goodly chamber, yet would you say ye were beaten out of door, and rail upon the hostess of the house, and you say you would present her at the leads, because she 
bought broadstone jugs and no steel quartz. Sometimes you'd call out for a Sicily Hackett. Eh, the woman's maid of the house? Why, sir, you know no house nor no such maid, nor no such men as you have reckoned up. A Stephen Sly and old John Knotts of Greece and Peter Torf and Henry Pippernell and twenty more such names and men and thee as these which never wore nor no man ever saw. Now, Lord, be thanked for my good amends. Amen. I think thee, thou shalt not lose by it. Enter the page as a lady with attendance. How fares my noble lord? Marry, I fare well, for here is cheer enough. Where is my wife? Here, noble lord, what is it thy will with her? Are you my wife and will not call me husband? My men should call me lord. I am your good man. My husband and my lord, my lord and husband, I am your wife in all obedience. I know it well. What must I call her? Madame? Alice, Madame or Joan, Madame? Madame and nothing else. So lords call ladies. Madam Wife, they say that I have dreamed and slept above some fifteen years or more. I and the time seems thirty unto me, being all this time abandoned from your bed. Taste much, servants, leave me and her alone. Madam, undress you and come now to bed. Thrice, noble lord, let me entreat of you to pardon me yet for a night or two or if not so until the sun be set for your physicians of, have expressly charged in peril to incur your former malady that I should yet absent me from your bed I hope this reason stands for my excuse I it stands that I may hardly tarry so long but I would be loath to fall into my dreams again I will therefore tarry in the sight of the flesh and the blood. Enter a messenger. Your honor's players hearing your amendment are come to play a pleasant comedy. For so your doctors hold it very meet, seeing too much sadness hath congealed your blood, and melancholy is the nurse of frenzy. Therefore they thought it good you hear a play and frame your mind to mirth and merriment which bars a thousand harms and lengthens life Mary I will let them play it it's not a commonly a Christmas gamble or a tumbling trick no my good lord it is more pleasing stuff what household stuff it is kind of history well, we'll see it. Come, Madam Wife, sit by my side and let the world slip. We shall never be younger. They sit. End of induction.
Hi, I'm Christina Gordon from 601A, and I will be continuing my presentation on the taming of the shrew and its famous induction. So in the previous episode, I read the induction, and now I'm here to discuss what exactly the induction is about. So let's go. The play The Taming of the Shrew was written in the 16th century during the Elizabethan era and the Renaissance. The Renaissance was a period of free birth in ideas in various areas such as literature, art, science, and politics. The time period is reflected in the induction of the play as we see the role of women in society and the importance of marriage. The evidence to support this is seen when the stage direction tells us that enter is sly, then the hostess. This indicated to us that women are subservient to men. Because in our, in our modern day society, we have a saying that says, ladies before gentlemen. So normally, when a um, door is being opening, you the lady would go first and then the man would follow after. But during this time period, it was not so. It was the men who were in control. It was the men who had first preference, so they went first. So this was kind of, this stage direction was very symbolic. Also, at the instant when Sly hears that he has a wife, he immediately believes that he is a rich lord. So before the mentioning of a wife, Sly was very he was very um standoffish he didn't believe that he was a lord he told him that I am Christopher Sly and he tells them his lineage and he tells them his occupation what he has been doing that there's no way he can be a rich lord but the very instance where they mention that he has a wife his demeanor changes and he accepts the role of the rich lord that they have given him. Okay. The play The Taming of the Shrew is a comedy. This is introduced to us, the audience, in the play's induction as we encounter the various tenets which constructs a true Shakespearean comedy. So now you're going to be there and you're going to be like, okay, what is the tenets of a true Shakespearean comedy? Well, the tenets of a Shakespearean comedy are mistaken identity, disguise, women, fools, love, and marriage. The induction of the play opens with Sly and the hostess having an heated argument and it is the argument that highlights the role of women's society through Sly's treatment of the hostess. So Sly basically treated the hostess as an object he didn't treat her or as an equal or he didn't talk to her as an equal and that was basically what was happening during the elizabethan era where women were not equal to men and we were inferior to them and we see this we saw this coming out in the induction also we are able to see how intelligent and witty the woman is so despite us being inferior, we still had a voice and we saw where the hostess argued with him and she gave witty comebacks and she didn't just stand for what he told her. 
as the induction develops, we see where mistaken identity is portrayed through disguise when we encounter the male page pretending to be Sly's wife. So we as the audience saw the Lord telling the page to dress up, put on a dress, put on um, sweet perfume and present yourself so that you look like a woman. So that when he appears in front of Sly, he deceives him as his wife. Then the institution of marriage is also on display as we see the way how the wife communicated with Sly and when speaking to him and she called him Lord, he said, no, call me husband. And that shows us the type of respect that he expected from her being that they are married. Also, we see Sly's foolish tendencies as he is easily manipulated by the Lord. So he knew in himself that he wasn't a Lord. He was a regular person. But he wanted to be a Lord. And he was so easily manipulated by the Lord and by the trick of the by the trick that is presented to us. That, okay, we're going to get somebody to dress up as a wife. We're going to decorate your space. We're going to put you in a different atmosphere. And we're going to play a big joke on you. And you are foolish enough, as we know you are, to believe it. And that is my presentation on the famous induction of the Taming of the Shoe. And I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you.